being a woman is more than just Proverbs 31 to me. It is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because being a woman means that you are strong. You're naturally strong. morning and God bless you all. Welcome back to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. Y'all, this is a very special episode. Today, we are concluding our Women's History Month by celebrating women and womanhood. Today, I have two fabulous young ladies with me today. We are going to do a little girl chat, okay? You see we got our little drinks right here. Let me see what y'all sipping on. And we are going to get into some great conversation. Today, I have Miss Jordan Anderson with me. Say hey to everyone, Jordan. Hello, hello. And I have Miss Danielle Clayton. Hello. So as you all know, here at Create with Kendra, we love to put a highlight on our black entrepreneurs, businessmen, and women. And today is absolutely no different. Today, I have two businesswomen with me on the show. Danielle is going to introduce her business. And then after, Jordan is going to introduce what she is doing out here in the world. Um, hi, everyone. I have my own freelance editing service called Editing Angel. Um, with the slogan, joyfully putting you into focus, um, with the sheer and sole desire to help writers, aspiring writers, and individuals to, to, to edit, but also to find their voice, to, to voice and to cultivate it in the best way that I know how by editing. Awesome. 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 And Jordan? Um, I am currently providing custom handmaid blankets for individuals, um, couples, and babies. It's called Stitches by Jordan. Um, it started as a holiday experiment um, and just trickled down in a snowball effect of um, providing blankets to my family, friends, and more. Awesome. I'm telling you, these two ladies are gifted. Danielle, for, for one, she is just, how would I describe you, Danielle? Danielle is a book of poetry. How about that? Like her gift of writing is so amazing even the way she speaks it's kind of like a storybook so if you have essays if you are in school if you're putting together a business plan or whatever that whatever it is and you need your work edited editing angels i mean who else right and then jordan y'all don't even let me get started honey y'all know i love to cut them right this blanket business these just ain't no regular blankets out here in these streets these are custom made with love quality yarn. Is it, you call it yarn? Is it yarn? Yeah. I mean, just, just absolutely amazing, super comfortable. So y'all make sure that you support black businesses and let's keep this black dollar circulating. Okay. Now what I want to do, Jordan and Danielle, there's this little game that I play. It's called off the dome, right? I'm going to ask two, both of you, one question each, something random, you know about yourself. And I want you to spitfire the answer right back at us, just so 
the listeners can get to know you just a little bit better. Y'all ready? Awesome. And y'all can turn on y'all um yeah um y'all oh. <laughs> just wanted to be respectful of the rules of the house now. <laughs> yeah, y'all can turn on your mics. All right, Danielle, your question is, in your opinion, what is the best candy in the world? Ooh. So I'm not a I like like sugary candy. I don't really like chocolate in terms of candy. Like okay. it's not for me. But like the first candy I thought of when you asked was a payday. I love paydays. Mm. Love peanuts, love paydays. Yes. You sound like my husband with that payday. He's a peanut <laughs> fanatic. <laughs> Jordan, what is your favorite childhood TV show? Oh, goodness. Um, first thing to come to mind is The Proud Family. Hey. Love it. <laughs> love, love, love it. So many have you stories and laughs. Have you it. seen the reboot? I haven't. I haven't started the reboot. I'm scared. <laughs> I saw what they did to Incredibles. And I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. You should be nervous because it's like, I'm okay with like a reboot, but like there's some mm-hmm. things it's kind of like, don't touch it, but just keep the reruns yes. going. Um, That's how I feel about it. Yes. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but y'all go see it for yourself. <laughs> y'all go see it for yourself. Y'all see I got my fan. That's this is right. something like I carry with me all the time. It's getting really hot in Sacramento. Jordan, do you feel it like heating up? I do. Um, I'm used to it at this point, to be honest. Like I walk around in jeans all year long, so it's <laughs> it's, it's it's not exactly melting season yet. <laughs> so I can still wear is. my blazers, you know. I hey, yeah. I work with it. <laughs> yeah, I run hot though. So as soon as the sun is like, I want to come. I'm just like. <gasps> <laughs> That's me. And so, Danielle, so Jordan and I are in are in Sacramento. Where are you coming from? I am in the Bronx, New York. Hey. New York City. Come on, Bronx. Shout out to the Bronx. <laughs> all the Bronx listeners. Um, I thought it would be super fun to, like, grab something to sip on. Because every time, like, I'm doing this show, I never have anything to drink. And I feel like I talk so much that my, my throat's going to just give out. So I'm like, let's just bring something to drink and sip on. So I have with me a little strawberry daiquiri. Ain't got no liquor, Saints. (laughs) Okay. I don't need a Saints talking about, oh, she over here drinking. (laughs) That's going to turn into a different type of podcast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is virgin, just as virgin as the Virgin Mary Channel. Okay. Amen. Amen. Jordan, what you got to sip on? Um. I am sipping on some tea. I love, love, love my tea. Um, it is my version of uh, Starbucks. Uh, what is it? The honey citrus mint. Come on. With a little bit of mango Ooh. tea in there. Instead. Ooh. A little danger. Danielle, yeah, a little danger. Got, what you got, girl? You know, we excited. <laughs> oh, I have some tea as well, actually. I love tea. I have orange, pico, and black tea today. Ooh. I wish I was a tea drinker. It's just not my ministry. But y'all enjoy your tea. <laughs> Let's do a virtual toast. Cheers to yes. girl Chad. Cheers to womanhood. Cheers, Cheers. to this episode. 
Before we get started, I thought it was super important that we just bring like a little piece of us to the episode. And so I asked the ladies to bring an item, great or small, um, that is important to them and why. And so I am going to be the first to share my item. This right here is, this is Bella, okay? I literally am going to start collecting little black dolls. Like that's just what I'm going to start doing, right? I was literally in Target and I seen this doll and I was like, this doll reminds me of my niece. Just Mm -hmm. sweet and delicate and cute. And I just loved it. And literally I picked it up and I walked around the store with it. I'm like, I'm just going to put this doll back. And I couldn't. So she had to come home with me. She sits right on my nightstand. I absolutely love this doll. And I can't wait to have like a shelf or a room full of little black dolls. Cause that's, that's what I'm gonna be doing. Okay. I'm gonna be collecting black dolls. All right, Jordan, what is your item? Oh, I was telling you all earlier, uh, the Lord had changed my item. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of go hand in hand, both of them. Mm. Um, so this is my dream vision and prophecy journal. Um, I've been having so many dreams this since the beginning of this year. Yeah. And it's so hard to keep up. So I just decided to write them all down and watch them manifest. I write the dates that I had them and then the dates that they manifest themselves. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what inspired you to start this journaling? (laughs) Actually, you did. You did. I talked to you about a couple of my (laughs) dreams (laughs) and you told me to write them down. And I was hard headed at first. I was real hard headed and I didn't do it right away. So there are some that are lingering um, in my mind that I need to write out. But I thank you for that, Miss Kendra, because otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really important to do that. I have my journal back here on this bookshelf of all the dreams that the Lord gives me. And it's, it's, it's beautiful to actually like get the details. And that the fact that God is using you and trusting you with these dreams and you and you get to see, you know, when they do, you know, come to pass, it's like, Lord, you told me about that. God, you warned me about that. Lord, you right. showed me this. Like, <clears throat> it's amazing. It really is. So, Danielle, what did you bring um, for us to um, today? Before I share a little backstory about my family. Yeah. And my family, you don't give a gift without a card. Cards are you don't like. My father will not, my father will not give me my gift if the card is not written, if there is not something, if there are not words to go with the card. Um, and I'm the writer among my siblings, but my dad is, and I'll be talking about him a lot in this episode, is the best writer that I know. And so what I brought with me was a card that he gave me for Valentine's Day because it, it his cards always anchor me in who I am and who I aspire to be. So, um, so also fun fact, I love the peanuts. So this is the card. It's got all the peanuts on it and Snoopy. Um, and on the back, <laughs> That's of, beautiful. on the, I don't know what you call this part of the card, but around the edges, um, he wrote a scripture, um, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity, Psalms 26 and one. And inside the card, he writes to Danielle Joanne, Joanne is my middle name, love to someone with so much integrity. It makes you write every time. To God and thine own self be true, Shakespeare and dad. 
continue to make the world accountable. Um, and that's one of my favorite items because um, I became a writer because of my dad and because um, I had never seen in any books that I'd read a character or an individual like him. And I thought it was important that the world know that a man like him is real. And so I, I collect all of the cards that I've gotten over the years. Um, and this one is more recent, but this was one of my favorites because again, it, it bound me and reminded me of who I am and, and who I aspire to be. So that's my favorite item. Wow. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. Y'all, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> this is exactly what I was talking about. Like I just got lost in the sauce over this Valentine's Day card. Okay. <laughs> We, let's jump in. Let's jump in. We are here to really celebrate what it means to be a woman. What it means to be a woman in Christ. What it means to be a young woman in Christ. Okay? Right? And I'm just super excited that the two of you are here. Um, so let's jump into the first question. What does being a woman mean to you? Oh. <laughs> who first? Uh, you know, uh, I'll go first. Being a woman means that, well, to me at least, it means I can be or do anything that I want to. Um, anything that I put my mind to, I'm more than capable. Um, being a woman is more than just Proverbs 31 to me. It is... Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because being a woman means that you are strong. You're naturally strong. Yeah. God has placed so many things on us um, alone that it's hard to share with partners, you know, it's hard to share with your husbands or your, you know, guy friends. Um, so he places different other women in your life to uh, hold you accountable to, push you forward to do all these things that only a woman can do. But that's what being a woman means to me. Beautiful. Danielle. Um, I think going off of that at first I was like, how do I answer this? Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> for me, I answer, I, I think for me as a person, um, I, I am relational. Like I find the meaning in myself by, by who I'm connected to. Like I'm not just one person, but I am a continuation of legacies and of generations. And so I think I thought about my mom and my grandmother and the examples they set. And so I think with that being said, going off what Jordan said is to be undeterred um, and thinking about, and we can get into this more later, but like um, my grandmother, for example, who she raised, she was the oldest of 12 siblings. She raised all of her siblings and then she had a family of her own. And then after that, she raised six more children. Um, and then she went after they had all grown up, she went back. She only had, my father reminded me, a 10th grade education. And she went back um, to nursing school. She became a nurse and she continued to serve and she mm -hmm. continued to find ways to, to be light and to be and to serve others. And so I think about that. And, you know, oftentimes we associate different milestones with different ages, like, at this age, you'll do this. At that age, you'll do this. But like through her life, I, 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 and many other people's lives, I see that 
there is no age attached to any milestone that you you do things at the time God wills them to and at the time you're ready to so to ultimately answer to go back to what I said is to be undeterred wow amen amen to that being a woman for me is being a superhero or I would like to say a shiro women and I won't even say I think women I know there is like an extra battery pack we have that men don't and it's okay and it's no shade but we are just like when I tell you get it done get it done able to do so many things in different facets it's it's only what a woman can do. And just to go into like the next question, I think about the women that influence me. And I would um, ask you two ladies to think about the women or who has influenced you. And I think about my mom and I think about my grandmother. And um, I've told this, this story before um, my grandmother, um, and my mom, they're from Louisiana, Alexandria, Louisiana. My grandmother grew up in an abusive home. And so what she did, she was a part of the Great Migration, like a lot of our parents were, right? A part of the Great Migration. And, and I was telling you, Jordan, one time we was <laughs> riding in the car to, to somewhere. And I was telling yeah. you the story. My grandmother at 21 years old came to California by herself right mm-hmm. left my left my my mom in louisiana uh with her mother um just to get settled in california right coming to california she didn't know how to read she didn't know how to write you know she she stopped going to school in the second grade so she didn't have like the the literacy skills but she got it done So what does it mean when you can't read, but you have to apply for welfare or you have to apply for housing or you have to go to the DMV and get your license? Like all these things requires reading, but she did it and she got her job and she made her money. She had her little California dream rolling and went back to Louisiana, got my mom and started their new life here. And I think about that Two generations later, me, I'm three months away from graduating with my master's degree. Like, and I don't say it as a flex, but I say it as a testimony of being a part of a legacy of women that never gave up. Being a part of a legacy of women that strive for upward mobility. And not just for themselves, but for those that are around them. Um, So... Who has been a part of your influence as a woman? Well, since Jordan went first the last time, I'll go. <laughs> um, I think for me, the answer is twofold. I just want to warn y'all. It's not a warner. Um, my mom and my my grandmothers, both of them influenced me and, and illuminated to me the way a woman ought to carry herself. Um, like, like my mom, for as long as I can remember, has always had, I, I, I used to think it was confidence and it, I realize now it's just, she has a comfort in herself, but also 
um, what my father calls a blessed assurance that it's not confidence. It's, mm-hmm. it's blessed assurance and a distinct knowledge of who she is and she wears it well. And Ooh. she is, and she is a beautiful light. Like everywhere she goes, she just wants to make somebody else's day better. She just wants somebody to know, like we'll be driving and in traffic and we pass, like we're in traffic and there's a bus driving next to her. And she's like, hello, like, how are you doing? And she'll <laughs> say, um, um, I just wanted to thank you for what you do for the city. And I just want you to know God loves you. And like, that's just kind of person she is like, she has to walk, like at some point in her day, she has to let somebody know that God loves her. And I think that has influenced me and how I carry myself with a comfort and a blessed assurance of who I am. And I think though, from my dad and from my grandfather, I have, they, I, I, I inherited the content of their character. Uh, my grandfather passed away a month before I was born. Um, his name was Daniel. And my mom thought that I was gonna be a boy and that did not happen. Um, so my father gave me the name Danielle. And I think when I became of a certain age, that became important to me and I felt connected to him in a certain way. And I felt responsible for upholding his legacy. He was a pastor, mm-hmm. but he was an active member in, a, in his community and worked like earnestly to make the community a better place. And mm-hmm. I didn't know him, but I never feel slighted because my father is the same kind of caliber of man that my grandfather was. And he raised me to, to be a woman, but a person of integrity, a person yeah. of, 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 of moral uprightness. And so I think I have the blessing of having two parents that actively contributed to who I am and who I continue to become. Amen. I need some of that blessed assurance. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Blessed assurance. Jordan. Well, uh, my womanhood has been keenly influenced by my mother. Um, my mother has just this strength and courage about her. Um, the way that she grew up, I'm not going to put her business out there because she's going to listen and then she's going to get on. But <laughs> <laughs> she the way she like was Julie. raised, right, right. She's going to give me the side eye. <laughs> but from the way she was raised and how she grew up, no one would ever expect the type of woman that she is. She's the, the epitome of a woman of honor to me, mm-hmm. a woman of grace and strength and security. Um, she's just overall this beautiful soul. And I strive to be like that. I strive to be very real, honest and just, and um, just <sighs> this beautiful being. Um, I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> Get your <laughs> um, tissue girl to the place. <laughs> Look, okay. Um, she exemplifies what it means to, you know, problem solve. Like she is, she figures out the most outrageous <laughs> situations and circumstances. Mm. And she taught me how to treat those as situations and circumstances rather than entities. Yeah. Because when you create things into being something more than what it is, it becomes bigger and bigger and you feel like you can't uh, handle it or you feel like you can't uh, pursue or push through it. So she taught me how to do that. Um, 
I also watch the women around me, like my grandmother, my aunts, cousins, sisters. I watch everyone and I see, you know, what it is to be a woman of um, power and grace. And, you know, I see other women too, and they show me what not to be, you know, don't yeah. slander. Don't, you know, talk about your sis behind her back. Don't <laughs> talk about don't, it. Uh, uphold some things that you ain't supposed to be upholding. Hello. Preach, Jordan. <laughs> Preach. But that's just how my womanhood was influenced. And I can tag team with Danielle about her father as well. Um, my father, he taught me some things. But yeah, this overall powerhouse. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Literally, like our parents are so fundamental to our development as women. Like as little girls, we need our mothers. As little girls, yes. we need our dads. I can I can tell you my dad, and I told y'all this before. Like my dad, when, when you know every young woman, when she gets to a certain age, there are some things that happen to her biology, right? <laughs> a little visitor comes once a month, and my dad literally was the person to give me the talk. I'm like, dude, you have never ever <laughs> experienced this, but that's something that he wanted to do. Like he wanted to give me like the period talk and he did every <laughs> month for like the first couple years. And I'm just like, Oh my Lord. But it was something that was special to him because I was transitioning from being a, a little girl into like a young woman. I can remember my father, um, he was he was the he was the play parent. I can remember <laughs> us doing like tea parties with little with little um cheese toast and Kool-Aid in, in our little cups, right? <laughs> and he's trying to squish into the little house that I'm, you know, the little playhouse. Those things count. Those Kendra, can things I, matter. Can I, yeah. Go ahead. Can I I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to add something. I was thinking about that too. Two things that I thought of like when my sister and I, um, well, okay, so I have four sisters, but the one sister in particular I'm referring to, like, she and I were um, a little thicker at a younger age. Uh -huh, I and I remember, it. like, all right. going shopping sometimes was just, like, it was really awkward because it was, like, there was never really, like, a like, we were too big for kids, but, like, but I remember, like, um my dad started to take my sister and I to New York and company and he started like any sense of style that I have is because of my dad like we would go to the store he'd be like do you like this like like starting to like get us into the habit of putting things together of, of choosing dresses and and I just remember that like even now I'll buy something and I'll be like do you like this like what do you think and I thought of another moment where at all of my graduations I was reflecting and realizing that I had an opportunity at all of my graduations to sit next to a parent. And at elementary school, high school, and college, my dad sat next to me every at every graduation. So every every graduation was this monumental moment because yeah. of the achievement, but because my dad got to be there with me. And I was talking to him a few weeks ago, and I was like, you know, like you were sitting next to me um, all those times. And if you know anything about my dad, he's a very intentional person. Accidents do not happen. He's very prepared, and he said. He said, that's because I, I made sure of that so that I was always there. Yeah. And I think that's kind of informed the kind of person that I have become that like, I always want to be there for the important moments. And I always have to let people know 
exactly how I feel. Because my dad always said, you always let people know succinctly and clearly exactly how you feel about them so that they don't have any doubts. So that, you know, we go a lot of the times, those moments of, of clarity we have about the people we love, they usually are at their funerals and they don't get to hear those things. Oh, but yeah. he always instilled in me the value of telling people those things now and telling people those things as you experience them, not waiting for moments like, oh, I'll just tell them next time I see them. And then you take for granted that you won't see them next time and there won't be that yeah. opportunity. And I definitely see the ways in which that has impacted me, how I communicate and how I how I offer love to the people that I love. Yeah, it's so important like and it's just it's just really important that our parents how do i say this that our parents were a part of our lives right it's so important because do you i don't know if it's me but do y'all feel like you becoming like a little bit of your mama or a little bit of your daddy like mm-hmm, yes. i promise you like <laughs> i'm i'm a hybrid of both of them like some people don't know and this might be a shocker, but I, I'm I'm a shy person. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a no. very Danielle. I'm a shy She's person. She's an extroverted introvert. I'm a I'm a very shy person. I resonate though. And, and but I get that from my father. Like if I don't have to like talk or be around a whole bunch of people, I will not. But my ability to speak and my confidence that I have, that's that's Mary Lee Smith all the way. <laughs> all the way, 100%. Like, my level of confidence comes from, from my mom. Like, I can remember growing, like, from the moment I could speak, she had me memorizing chapters of the Bible and reciting them in front of hundreds of people and singing and being on these large platforms and in front of a lot of people at a young age and my ability to do this show. Like I get that from my mom. I do. I feel like I'm turning into her, (laughs) (laughs) but I love it. I love it. She's a wonderful woman. And I, I, um, I wear that as a badge of honor. I, I certainly do. Jordan, how are you like your mama? Ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like my mom in more more ways than I would like to admit. <laughs> um, my mom naturally, she's a very serious person. And I know Kendra, you know me. I'm like goofy about 85% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm quiet. I really don't like to be in front, which is why I always sing background. Like I, I'm not that person. And I get that from my mother. Um, she has this look <laughs> that mm. she used to give <laughs> when we were younger. My brother and I were too raising us. And <laughs> I find myself giving that same look to people. Um, she has this regional motherhood. Mm. You know how when you share your parents with people, um, everybody calls her Mama K. Everybody calls her mom. Um, and in that way, she utilizes her authority. Yeah. 
She stands firm in what she says. If she sees a child acting up in the store, she's going to give him that look. She might tell him, go find your mom. Sit down somewhere. <laughs> go, right, exactly. And I find myself doing that same thing. Lord have mercy. And I'm like, I just sit back and I'm like, oh my God, I'm turning into my mama. Lord, help. <laughs> help us. Right, help wow. us, please. That's beautiful. What about you, Danielle? <laughs> Me and my, so like, okay, so my mom, my parents, and they, they joke about this all the time, like how my mom, like my mom thought she was like an immaculate dresser before she met my dad. And, uh -oh. you know, the, the mother of the church was telling her, you know, you did not start dressing until you married Ellis. You know that for a fact. So like my mom, like, I, I just love when my mom gets dressed and like watching her Cause she gonna, she's gonna do it and she's gonna do it every time and she's gonna do it to the most. And that's just her. But it's so funny because she has Come such a humble personality. But when she gets dressed, it's like, you can't tell her anything. Wow, I love it. You can't tell her anything. Oh, and so um, and whenever we get, whenever we go somewhere, like whether we come home or in the parking lot, she'll be like, can y'all take a picture of me? And like, she start posing. And then she Come makes on. sure like, she'll my dad my dad's like no that's all you like get, like <laughs> so like like he'll take photos with her but then she's like okay like it's me and right, baby, i'll get dressed and i'm like i have the same energy i'm like okay like doo -doo 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 -doo. and i'll i'll come home where i'm getting dressed she's like you so extra and i'm like me uh, i'm like where do you think i get it from uh, <laughs> she said, um i'm not extra and i'm like okay like but I, I see it in 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 like that, like silly, like it's funny, but also like she just has a warmth about her. And like yeah. when you mm -hmm. see her, you immediately feel like you feel good. Like she just has that capacity to make you smile and make you laugh. And I would like to think I have a similar capacity. <laughs> um, but I mm -hmm. but I also like another thing, like she loves to send long texts. Like that's just her thing. And I think that I start doing that too, where I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm, like, I'm trying to get to the point, but like, I got to get to the other stuff. So like, she let me just, so I think point. it's, it's mannerisms, but I think I've learned like her to take pride in who I am because for most of my life, I really didn't like myself. I had mm -hmm. a, a really unhealthy relationship with myself and it was like, to the point, like I just hated myself for reasons mm -hmm. that I really, that really seems silly now. Yeah. Um, but like seeing her and like this ease that she has just in the way she's able to carry herself and 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 that like people i think the world is like oh it's an arrogance but it's not an arrogance it's just like i said oh, it's a blessed assurance and it's it's an acknowledgement that jesus didn't die for any of us to be walking around thinking any less of ourselves yeah. than we ought to because Amen. it does we oh, lord i don't know i should know the passage but it says not to think highly of yourselves than you ought, but I think at the same time, it is not bad to acknowledge, okay, I have value. It, like, yeah. it is not bad to acknowledge the abilities, the capacities that God has given you, and to do so in a way that you, you, can, you can take pride in yourself. And I've learned from my mom how to carry myself with comfort and with ease and to really love the entirety of who I am. And she, she definitely taught me that. Let's, let's go there. What because we were talking about all these wonderful things about womanhood and how we're influenced by other people when it comes to being a woman. But there are some challenges 
This is not an easy road. So what are some challenges that you find, whether if it's in certain spaces, whether if it's within yourself, whether if it's with other people, what are some challenges that you know that your sister friend that's listening right now can relate to? Well, oh, Jordan, you can go. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, this ain't even where I was going, but we're here now. <laughs> but like, um, I think, well, this was even, I, I think when I was, for me, the challenge was, I think I was so, like, I would look at other, like I said, I was a little, like, a little bigger at my age, and I would look at other people. And I think that's a, a large, sometimes, of our the crux of our problem is that we're looking at other people. Like, oh, like, I don't have that, or she don't, you know, like, and I think that's the problem that we compare ourselves in a way that's really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it, some of it does have to do with the fact you see stuff on TV and it's like, okay, there's a gap between like what is on TV and what I actually experience. Yeah. But I think for me, um, I, I was just really insecure because I thought for a long time, like for me to have value, like somebody has to like me. And like, if someone doesn't like me, and I mean like, like not like, oh, I have friends, but like, I thought if I don't have a boyfriend, then that must mean that I don't have value. And if no one likes me, then that's just what that means. And so I think for me, it was comparing myself to other people at the time and like having such a discomfort in my own body because it didn't look like other people's bodies. And it took me a long time for me to be able to say, this is my body and I'm, I'm good with it. And so I think, I think sometimes the difficulty is in the comparisons and in, in, but I think it's also our relationship with our own self because sometimes you don't even need anybody else to say anything about you because you'll say it yourself. And so that's another thing. I think my relationship to myself was very dysfunctional because I had no, I had no sense of self, but that's what the word does. When you begin to read the word and what God says about you, that you are, my mm. mom used to, my, my, my parents always made sure we read 139th Psalm. I like I used to read I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I didn't I mean I read it but I was like okay but I didn't necessarily it didn't ring true for me. Mm-hmm. I was like okay God like that's cool but like it didn't I didn't apply it for a long time because mm-hmm. I was so convinced that I did not have I was like I'm not I'm not somebody to to love and I thought that for a long time. So Jordan, <laughs> what do you what about you? What are some challenges you've you face in different spaces or even within yourself? Um, oh gosh, Danielle, I think we've been living the same life, girl. Uh, <laughs> That's a relief to know. <laughs> girl, like seriously, everything that you just said, um, that was my life. That was growing up. Um, I was thicker when I was younger. Um, I was very stocky, very healthy, my parents like to say. Uh, <laughs> well fed, huh? But um, just growing up, you know, seeing, like Daniel said, you know, seeing people that aren't built like you, um, people that, you know, the attractiveness per se, quote unquote, um, of the different body types and, you know, you don't fit in that square or, you know, in that mold. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, that messed with me and, you know, I know, Danielle, you said, you know, you'll talk bad about yourself, but I mean, I was bullied until I would say my sophomore year in high school, like from kindergarten beyond. 
Mm. First day of kindergarten, uh, a question was asked, why is your father black but your mom is white? Mm. And from that point on, it was just horrible, like ups and downs, ups and downs. It was so bad I had to change schools. Um, and even there I was bullied. And so, you know, I stuck through and I just, you know, kept it pushing. Always felt like if I didn't have a boyfriend, you know, something was wrong with me and mm -hmm. you know, nobody liked me. So bad to the point to where I allowed myself to fall for a trick. I allowed myself to fall for a prank that was being played on. Me. Oh, no. And so from those experiences, I grew and, you know, it took me a long time to embed that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made Amen. within myself. And once it finally happened, I was like, oh, girl, you can't tell me nothing, period. Period. <laughs> period. Period. I'm here. God has a plan for my life. Hello. It don't matter. Like, I wear sweats to the grocery store. You can look at me if you want to. You don't have to. I'm here for a purpose. Yeah. Amen. So it's those challenges. And I feel like a lot of challenges for women are not just physical, but mental. We're very emotional beings. Yeah. Um, yes. We're very compassionate. We tend to attach ourselves to things um, that for a little longer period than what it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, like whether it be friendships, relationships, objects, things that have those sentimental values that you don't necessarily have a need for anymore. Um, those are my challenges. Like, and as a Christian woman, as a black woman, I feel like we're under a microscope at all times yeah and at that yeah that's 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 another factor being a black woman yeah being a black woman like a lot like y'all i'm gonna I'm join a club because that was my testimony too so i was a little thickums <laughs> when i was young too i had full legs child i still okay. do <laughs> still, still right, do still do um but my what i what my struggle was not only was it image, but it was how people saw me. Mm. Because I was 12, 13 years old and I filled out, you know, y'all know what filling mm -hmm. out mean. I ain't gonna say mm -hmm. nothing further. I filled out about 12, 12 years old and people thought I was 18. Mm. There were there would be women in the church. Mm-hmm. That would call me fast. And till this day, I think fat, like that term, like you're fast. I think that is such a degrading, like, I think that's such a sting. Mm -hmm. It's such a sting because I wasn't fast. I just developed and, and filled out a little earlier than your kids did. Right. <laughs> and so like, being called fast, I, I remember I was called fast by two by two women who didn't really like me <laughs> um, in the church. Let's keep it real, and it crushed me so because I'm I'm 12 years old. I'm in the sixth grade. Like it it's hurtful, right? And then I, I didn't tell my mom because my mom she she had, she a gangster. Like she don't <laughs> care where she's at. She flipping tables over her kids. Like, don't play. Um, but I, I, so just hearing that language and the perception of these two women who, who, who don't mean anything, 
the words didn't mean anything. It caused me to be very self-conscious about myself. I didn't for a long time celebrate my curves, you know, even like getting, getting dressed. Oh my gosh. I promise you like being a teenager, it was the worst. <laughs> being like 12, 13 was the worst. Like my dad, he Agreed. would take me shopping and stuff like pants that fit. I wasn't getting them. He was getting me three sizes bigger. So it's like, look, Jordan, you, you is that an amen finger? That's an amen. Is that finger, an amen girl. finger? So it's like <laughs> body image is so important to, to little black mm. girls, right? I mean, to little girls in general, to people in general, but more specifically to us, who is, you know, at the mic today. So it's like having having these narratives spoken over me, but at the same time, like my reputation, <laughs> she clean. Hello. She clean. So it was like, okay, you're saying stuff about me, but it isn't true. So I had that struggle as a young teen girl, right? Um, when it came to boys, I didn't really care for them too much. Oh, I wish I was you, honey. No, no, for real. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you why I didn't care. <laughs> I promise you, at 12 years old, I'm like, I'm getting married, right? And like, mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> Yes, I had crushes on 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 boys and stuff like that, like duh. But I can I can remember having a crush on a boy for like three years, and mm-hmm. to like a nine, ten, eleven, twelve, from like nine to twelve or nine to thirteen, that's it seems like an eternity, right? It do. One day he asked me to be his girlfriend, and I'm like, this is the moment I've been waiting for my whole life, <laughs> and I said, no. Because I would have melted. <laughs> I said no because and I really liked it him too. Good Lord. <laughs> I said no because I knew that I was more valuable than how he would ever treat me. Mm. Oof. Oh my goodness. I knew that. Can I? As, a, as, a, as a kid, I knew that. Wow. Okay, let me touch on that because I was okay. the opposite type of... Let's I was touch. On, I wasn't there at 13. So... So for context, my mom and my dad have been married this year. It'll be, um, it's 2022, 38 years. So growing up, I saw, all I saw was this. And um, I saw, and that's another thing my parents have taught me. And I, like, I know one of my greatest capacities as a person is my capacity to love because Everyone doesn't have that capacity. I remember telling my dad, I was in love with this boy. I'm going to go back to a second. I was in uh-huh. love with this boy for reasons that now I do not even know. And I remember finding I'm out like playing. he just did not feel the same. And I remember like I was just destroyed. And for a long time, I was like, well, it doesn't count if the person doesn't love you back. And I'm telling my dad this. And he said, he said, you're a, what did he say? He said, love does not need to be reciprocated to be expressed. Like somebody Mm. does not have to love you back for you to love them. He said, think about God. He said, how many people, like God has created an entire world and all of God's people don't love him. He can't make us love him. It has to be a choice. And so that was kind of the moment where I began to value myself because I was like, wow. Like, because I, I, I felt like I was on default. Like if it didn't go both ways, it was like, it was nothing. And then I realized that no, like that's an ability. 
But when I was younger, I think I'd always, I think in some ways I still am, but I've definitely toned it down. But I was so like in love with the concept of love because I saw my parents. Like I saw the way my dad loved my mom, the way he looks after my mom, the way he like, like there, it's just a beautiful story. And he still treats her like that to this day. But when I was younger, I was like, I want that. And in some ways I do. But I also understand that that is their relationship. That's what God gave them. And whatever God will give me is something entirely different. But I didn't understand that at that age. And so I was just like, I was having crushes and like they didn't like me back and it literally destroyed me. Mm. But that was also because I didn't have a good relationship with myself. And when you don't have a sense of self-worth, all of those, like a, a simple rejection, a simple no is, it feels like, everything yeah. it feels like it's all or nothing and i'm thankful to god that i am not where i was but like there are things that i i, I don't regret about life because mm-hmm. i garnered wisdom i learned something that everything that i've experienced people that didn't like me people that were awful to me people that started rumors about me complete lies about me things Girl. they didn't even know to be true that Girl. all of that has ultimately led me to where I stand today. And where I stand today is a, a woman that is that I know my worth. I know my value. Ooh. I know my purpose. And I know who God is. And so it's like one of my favorite scriptures. Hold on. Let me find it. For oh. us ladies and for everyone. Because I think oftentimes we experience things. And I think we take them in a spirit that we shouldn't. Like we experience mm-hmm. trials and it's like oh God, like, and we, we resent those experiences, but they're very intentional. Yeah. Um, hold on. Give me two seconds. I'm so sorry. That's I okay. Had it open. That's all right. Um, oh my gosh, um, girl, so relatable. Here we go. All right. Seriously. And what, this is like my what, favorite. This is what's one the of prescription? my favorite. Okay. James one, James uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. Okay. My brother, and count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Like the lives we lead are not easy. There's no guarantees. The only thing that we know for sure is that we serve a God who loves us, and nothing we experience is in vain. Like we're not experiencing things for no reason. And sometimes like we have people in our life Ma'am. and we like, oh, well, I'm going to show them, but that's not what God put them in our lives to do. Like so many people like of my dad's that did not like him enemies, they love him now. They yeah, they have they garnered respect for him because of his light. And so as women, I, I think sometimes it's so easy. Like you hear somebody talking about you, it's like, okay, now, well, now I've got to take care of you. I'm not going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. And I'm going to be a light so that you know that he is real. Like we, we mm. go through so much, but nothing is for granted and nothing is to be resented. Like, oh no, I don't want to deal with this because God can't take you where he needs to take you if you don't recognize the value of this experience. I was boy crazy when I was a kid and I almost lost my mind. But through the experiences that I've had, I've learned and recognized what it's supposed to be like. My father taught me how a man is supposed to treat me so that at that time, whenever he comes, I will recognize it because of what I saw Amen. instead of trying to recreate it on my own. Amen. Huh. Jordan. Amen. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh. Like just to tag just, team on just Danielle. Jump in there, oh girl. My gosh, girl. <laughs> like <laughs> when I tell you this talk here has been the most relatable conversation <laughs> I've had in a long time. We glad Lord you have here. mercy. But um just to jump in on your um uh, your thoughts on the challenges that you are presented with, um, as far as God sending trials and tribulations and all these people and situations that you just feel are like there to crush you. Mm. Um, I had to really reimagine and rethink the process in which I processed. Um, I had to come to the realization that I need to be comfortable in the uncomfortability that God is presenting me with. Mm. Um, it's there to stretch you it's there to make you into the person that he wants you to be. It's not about you. Period. It's about it's what God's plan is for your life. And it's like each and every one of our stories, um, each specific thing, each personal thing that we deal with, that's geared towards your personal walk. Amen. Um, you might not be able to talk about it with somebody right now, but best believe in whether it be a day of, week, month, years down the line, there's going to be somebody there that you can speak into, that you can um, breathe life into because they're going through something that you went through. And now you're like, well, I'm good now. Let me talk to you about it. Yeah. Let me help you out this. 100%. And that's, that's the whole thing. Like my dad says, God operates in a triune ma manner. The testimony mm -hmm. is first for you then it is to illuminate God's glory through you. And then it is for someone else. Amen. And sometimes we keep things to ourselves like, oh, like they don't want to hear that. Or, you know, something that you think is completely irrelevant. Somebody might need that. Something you might say might help somebody and might make somebody yeah. feel like, oh my gosh, like I know what you're talking about. And it can feel isolating, especially when we keep things to ourselves. But I had no idea that we had all these similar experiences and right. it's funny because they feel so never ending as we experience them. Oh yeah. And now mm. it's like, oh, that was like it was like a different I was a different person. It's like a whole other but that is what God does in us. He he transforms us that so that we are unrecognizable our former selves. I love mm. ooh Jesus. <laughs> I just need to I just need to pause and say thank you Jesus. <laughs> Because yeah. y'all is over here giving some sermons. <laughs> I'm getting my life. I love, I, I love that. And I also love what, what you said, Jordan, about like being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And huh, I don't know, like when I'm in certain places, I, I honestly feel like there is a, there is like a microscope on me. I don't know if y'all feel that, but I feel like there's a microscope on me in, in, in the meaning, like, I feel like there's someone always watching my moves. There's always someone analyzing my decisions where I go, you know, that's why, you know, I, I, I'd be out a lot doing stuff, you know, me and Jordan, our, our husbands are musicians and, they, they do a lot of the same gigs and stuff together and it requires to be out amongst a lot of people, right? But like I told y'all, I'm a very shy person. Danielle still don't believe me. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But what I'm saying is, it's like Jordan and I, we we've transitioned into this this other sector of womanhood, which is being a wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like being young, being being a young black Christian married couple, you know, or it's it's it can be a lot. And yeah. sometimes it can be uncomfortable and people are watching us. Watching every single move and it's a place of discomfort. But I, what I love is that I have Jordan. I feel like this is she's like she's she's my rider. She's always right there so when i'm when i'm like feeling shy or feeling like i'm an introvert because i am shy y'all i'm telling you i am <laughs> if, if you see me and i'm not speaking a lot it's not because i got an air about me or I'm, I'm being bougie it's just like i'm just gonna sit here and just be in myself right mm-hmm. and sometimes there's nothing to say <laughs> hello come on <laughs> oh, say it again like, say it sometimes again it's just yeah. nothing to say it's <laughs> like it's not and people are like oh what's she mad about See, that's what I don't like. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I don't like. Right? I would literally go to churches, right? Sitting, minding my own business, right? <laughs> Something wrong with her. She okay? I'm just like, can y'all just leave me alone? But I find, I find that in the world too. Like, I'm very quiet. Like, I don't talk unless... I really have something to say or I have a certain comfort with somebody. Mm-hmm. And this guy, like people at work have told me like, I thought you was me. And I'm like, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> why do I have to say something? That's what I'm just like, okay. Like, but, it, but the funny thing is to be honest and like, there are certain people that it doesn't even matter what you do or say, they will never change how they perceive you. And- but I thought about, oh no, I thought about something really quick and I'm gonna shut up. But for Kendra and for Jordan, my dad has said something like, like for every like there are for every person that that is watching us, you know, waiting for us to stumble, waiting for us to say something or do something that is out of character, there are also people that are looking at you not in judgment but like wondering how does she do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can I attain a joy like that? How can I be how can I be like that? So I don't want like and for for women and for people, I don't want y'all to be so like Yes, be aware that the enemy is real and there are people that are existing for the sole purpose of kind of praying for your downfall. But there are people that really just want to know, how can I live this life? How can I do that? How can I be that? Who is God? And so maintain Mm. that light so that when people, those people, the people that you exist for, to be an example for, take comfort in that, that somebody, you don't know who it is and you might never know, but somebody is looking at you because they see your light and they want to have that 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 sense of joy and sense so of true. light. quick story time my senior year was like worst year of my life the beginning because i had lost all my friends is a whole story and i was really suffering in that year but that was also the year that i decided okay i need to know god like i said god i don't know how we're going to do this thing but i can't feel like this every day mm-hmm. And over the course of the months, like I started, I was praying in school, in class, on my way to school, because I was like, I can't. And I felt like I had nobody but God. And um, over the course of the months, I was like, okay, God, like I started to feel lighter. And then at graduation, I was like, okay, well, this is a wrap. Like this is finished. And they were announcing this award. um, And that's another thing that's important to me, but I left it. But um, 
they were announcing, they were describing this award for a model woman of faith. And I remember sitting next to my dad, I'm like, ain't no way this is me. And they were saying this person describing this woman and I'm like, okay. And then they said my name and I was like, me? And I was in shock because I was struggling that whole year, but I was seeking God and I was earnestly desiring to get out of it. And my, and I was saying, and I, I always, I always think back to that moment because that was the beginning of where I am today. But also you don't know who, who is seeing you. You don't know. I had no idea because my, my teacher had told me that that was an award I was nominated for by my peers, by faculty, by staff. And I did not know. And I said that to say that, you know, there is an urge in the flesh for us to give up or for us to be like, I don't really want to deal with this God. Like you can take this back or to, to, shift our charge and our responsibility Ooh. but when we don't do that when we allow ourselves and god to abide in us we don't know who is seeing us and who is like growing in their faith because they have encountered Come us on, and because they've seen our light and so i just i just wanted to encourage y'all because um i'm not married yet <laughs> but i know what the, the feeling of feeling like dang i just can't like catch a break but at the same time there are always people that are seeing us and desiring to have a light and wondering how can I do that? And the only way they know how is by seeing us because we are God's ears, eyes. He has no eyes but ours. And so I just wanted to encourage you both that wherever you go, regardless of the eyes that you feel that are not from God, there are also people that are seeing you and aspiring to have that light, to have that faith and to take up space in the way that you do. Well, we can end this show right there. <laughs> Pass me the offering bucket. Um, we can do the benediction. Wow. Encouragement. Check. Right, right. I received that right there. I received that in Jesus' name. And you're so right. You're, 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 you're 100% right. Out of all of the eyes that look on us to watch our fall or watch our whatever it is that they have in their heart that isn't of God. There are people yeah. covering people praying us mm -hmm. through girl. I can tell you the hardest moments in my life. I've been through some challenges this year. I can feel the prayers of the saints. Amen. When I tell you, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous avail as much when you are in the pit and God's people are praying for you when you should be depressed, when you should be losing your mind, when you should be going crazy, when you should be going off, when you should be somewhere else doing something you shouldn't be doing. The prayers lifts you up. Man, I'm telling you. And if that's one thing, and we're we're gonna close because we can go for for another hour. <laughs> there is if there is one thing that you can share with the listeners, what would it be? My one thing is to the women that are listening, be a praying woman. Danielle, what's your one thing? 
Okay, I'm gonna try to. So both of you are are married women, but I have some some insight for women that are single. Yeah. In that space, um, it's twofold. But really quick, um, singlehood is not a waiting room. It's not some place to sit and to stall while you're. You know, you can be waiting, but you have to be like my father was saying, active in waiting. You continue mm. to praise him, to serve him. You don't yeah. just sit around waiting for whatever. And like he said something about puzzle pieces in a jigsaw puzzle, right? There are pieces that they they fit together, but they don't belong together. That's not the way the piece is supposed to go. And so in that way, trust God and continue to because like Kendra said in a in her in her um her podcast, there are things that God needs you to accomplish as a woman on your own, things that he needs you to do before you can ever be a part of someone else. So just cherish the time that you have by yourself and the purpose that he has for you Amen. at this moment. Amen. Jordan, what about you? What are some last words you want to leave with the listeners? Ooh, um, I'm going to try to be short with this one. <laughs> This here. Okay. So for the ladies that are listening, whether you be single, married, you know, situationship, girl, don't let this world get you caught up. Mm. The Bible says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed be by transformed. the renewing of your mind. Amen. Um, in this life, we're surrounded by distractions presenting mm. themselves as alternatives. Ooh, ain't that the truth? You see, I mean, social media has just taken the world. Mm, And everything is so quickly accessible. You have stuff on TV. You're looking at, you know, flipping through channels, talking about ain't nothing on, but every single channel that you're flipping through is playing something. You have um, hookup culture going on. Folks telling you it's okay. You know, go ahead and do your thing before you get married because you don't know what's going to happen after. Mm. <laughs> you have... It's a scam. It's a scam. You have uh, this this sense that, you know, this ideal body type that is mm. solely built by plastic surgery. <laughs> you and have, modeled after uh, a black woman's body. Come on. Mm. Be happy. Mm. Folks are trying to look like you, okay? Mm. You don't have to change yourself for that. And then you got this pick me culture. Girl, I I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Folks talk about ideas that they don't even follow. Mm. Like, oh, uh, so-and-so said this, so I believe in this, but I'm going to do my little thing on the side over here. And, you know, you just have all these little things that are distracting you from your walk and um, the things that are supposed to be building you up into the yeah. woman that God wants you to be. Amen. Um, I'm going to cut it off there because I can go on about that all day. Wow. But- <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll come back Me for too. part two. We'll come back for part two. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Don't let the world get you caught up. Okay. <laughs> Y'all heard it here first. Um, Stay rooted in the word. Hello. Stay yes. rooted in the world. In the word. In the word, not the world. In the word. Right. 
Hallelujah. That's the only way. Yeah. That's the only way you can combat this stuff. It's so crazy. And stay and understand, up. And, stay and understand up. that you, you as a human being have intrinsic value and mm. that there is nobody like you. God made you uniquely and yeah. he does not make mistakes. Amen. Well, y'all, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> it's been real good. It's been real relatable. It's been real enjoyable, juicy, fun. It's been real. <laughs> I've enjoyed myself. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, the depths of your of your lives. <laughs> for giving some wisdom. Um, we appreciate it. Um, what we do here on the show, we close in prayer because I believe that prayer mm-hmm. is always in order prayer is always appropriate so with all hearts and minds clear father we thank you so much for your goodness we thank you god for your love we thank you for considering us for this job for this time in this moment father we thank you for for using myself and danielle and jordan to come on and to proclaim your goodness and to testify of what being a woman of god is god thank you for giving us the courage and the strength to tell our weaknesses and and to give it and giving us what we need as far as telling our testimony of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. God, I pray that you touch their lives, oh God, in a miraculous way. Every single woman that is listening to this, I pray that it ministers to their spirit. Everyone that needs to hear this message, my prayer is that you get it to them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Every woman that is that is feeling doubt, that's feeling depression, that's 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 struggling with body image, God. God, any woman that is struggling, God, in her spirit and wanting to be accepted by the world, God, I pray that you comfort her, that you hold her, that you whisper, oh God, the blessings of the Lord upon her life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to rebuke the devil on every hand, the, 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 the assignment of discouragement, oh God, the assignment of, of lies, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that everything that is done and said is used for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Until next time, beautiful people, be blessed.